I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Rachel. And you're about to hear some wishful thinking. We are two friends, theme park fanatics, millennials, podcast junkies, and travel agents. We'll be talking theme park news, Disney fandom, and travel tips for people headed to Disney destinations and Universal Parks. We're wishing that you will rate, review, subscribe, and share our thinkings with your podcast-loving friends, too. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of our wishful thinking. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Rachel. I am good. How are you doing? I'm good, too. We had, we're recording about a week and a half later um, because both of us had some family trips just locally in our areas, um, but we are excited to get to some news and also to talk a little bit about the genie. Yes. Yeah. Slow oh. news week, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, of course, when I leave and go on a trip, the Disney genie thing came out like the first or second night of my trip. Isn't that the way it always goes? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, I keep saying that I have a trip scheduled for Labor Day weekend and that's when they're going to announce that like dining plan is coming back and when you can book it and I'm going to be like, I'm at Disney World. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> depends that they announce big news when I'm away from my laptop. That's just how, how it rolls. It is. Um, and always when you're about to do something, like we were just headed to dinner and they dropped all the information. And I was like, okay, yeah. we're going to be a little late because I got to just read this real quick. Right. <laughs> and it was a ton of information. It really was. So and we're going to get to it in the yes. main segment. We're actually going to take a break from our resort series to talk a little bit about Genie and how it is all kind of evolving. Yes. All right. So here we go. Let's get into the news. Uh, The first story we have is a pretty significant development if you are cruising. Um, So from September 3rd, which is next week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. From September (laughs) 3rd through November 1st, so solid two months, you must be fully vaccinated if you are 12 or older to go on a Bahamian cruise, which is all Disney Cruise Line is doing from the States right now is Bahamian cruises. So if you are sailing for the next two months, you have to be fully vaccinated if you are 12 and over. And that is a direct result of the country of the Bahamas creating a rule that cruise ships cannot dock in any Bahamian port unless their guests are all fully vaccinated. And or their guests 12 and over are fully vaccinated. Yes. And so that starts next week. Yep. Uh, I saw today they just announced Disney Cruise Line just announced as well that they're actually removing Nassau from their itineraries. Um, So this mandate that came down from the islands of the Bahamas includes all those privately owned islands like Castaway Key. So you still have to be vaccinated even to dock at Castaway Key. But I don't know if Disney just decided that it was better to just do everything internally so they were only going to go to Castaway Key or what happened, but they have made the yeah. decision not to go to Nassau. So if, you, if it's a four-night cruise, it's going to be a double dip at Castaway Key. 
If it's a yes. three night cruise, you're going to go to Castaway Key once and have a day at sea. Yes. So that is also a major change. So if you have a cruise coming up and you were supposed to go to Nassau, check your itineraries on your Disney Cruise Line app, or you probably got an email about it because that has probably changed. Yeah. And I think it's probably because the Bahamas in general was just added to the, like, do not travel recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So I think that's why they're not going into the more populated areas of the country sure. um, versus just the private islands. Sure. So, yeah. So some changes there for Disney Cruise Line. Um, right now, that's just through November 1st, but, you know, certainly could be extended. Um, something mm-hmm. to just be aware of. And something that I hadn't really occurred to me, but if you are on one of those sailings coming up real soon, and this came as a surprise to you, um, you have to be fully vaccinated, which takes, yes. you know, quite a while. Um, in fact, you know, really you're looking at um, at least two weeks if you get the Johnson & Johnson right. shot. So right. that's just something to like keep in mind. I was in my head when this came out, I was like, oh, I guess if you want to sail, you just go get your shot. But if you're sailing next week, that doesn't really help you. <laughs> so, right. No, definitely not. Um, yeah. So there's that. All right. Next story. All right. Next story is we got confirmation of Disney's very merriest after hours. So this is the event that is going to be held in lieu of Mickey's very merry Christmas party this year. So it's kind of similar to Boobash, but also completely different, yes. <laughs> at least from the news we've been given. So it's four hours, whereas Boobash was only three. Um, and it does include a parade and fireworks, which Boobash is not including. Um, this is actually the first confirmed parade that we have since reopening. That's big news. It's a huge news. It gives me a little bit of hope because I've been really gunning for a parade for the 50th. Honestly, like in my heart of hearts, I'm like, can we get like some of the Disneyland parades just transplanted to Florida for the 50th. Cause that'd be real cool. Especially the nighttime parades. Yeah. I'd be cool about that. Um, so yeah, so we have Mickey's once upon a Christmas time parade coming back and Rachel, correct me if I butcher this name, it's like Minnie's festive firework. Some, it's some kind it's minis fireworks that are Christmas themed. I don't remember what the exact name. With that in mind, pricing ranges from $169 a person to $249 a person, depending on the night, which is a chunk Steve. of change. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chunk of change. So if this is something that's really important to you, something you've been really wanting to do for a while, if you miss parades a whole lot, something like that, and this is worth it to you, uh, have at it. Uh, I yeah. think it's going to be rent. I really do. I just am a little taken aback from the price tag. Um, no dates have sold out yet. So if you're thinking, well, my trip's in December, so I'm probably out of luck, you are not. Um Next bit of news? Yes, the next news is food news, which is my fave. The best type Um, of news. It is the best type of news. So the menu for the new creperie 
opening Mm -hmm. in Epcot in the France Pavilion near the new Ratatouille ride. The menu was just dropped today, and the opening date was announced. And, um, you know, I took a look at it today, and I think I'm pretty excited about it. Um, Yeah. It opens October 1st. It did not – the menu did not – blow me away but that's mostly because up here in new england we actually have quite a few creperies so yeah. it was nothing that i didn't feel like i couldn't get near me yeah i think it's gonna be really cool uh i don't know how to feel about the menu it's it's okay yeah um, yeah it, lo- it looked standard. a little strange to me like the i'm used to crepes being triangles and they were squares um, in yeah. some cases that kind of threw me off. Cause like crepes are kind of supposed to be like street food where you can like grab and go at a, which I know there's going to be a window that is grab and go, but it's also going to be a sit down place. Um, so it just struck me as a little strange, um, seeing a square crepe with an egg in the middle of it. That's not something I'm used to seeing. Um, but I, it looks good. <laughs> it yeah. just threw me off a little bit. I was really excited about the combo, like you just mentioned, the combo of sit down and quick service. Yeah. And I also think it's cool that it's going to be a first come first serve. Now I'm like, I say that with um, trepidation, I guess a little bit, because that could also be like stressful, right? Like, Uh, um, but for now, at least, um, I, I'm intrigued by the idea that they're going to have a first come first serve, uh, sit down. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some other dining that re is reopening, not opening new like this, but reopening, um, or changing in some way. Uh, you called this, by the way, last episode, we talked about Boma Buffet and you said, mm-hmm. I wonder if some of those other buffets are going to change back now that Boma is opening up. And we found out that two of them indeed are Beer Garden and Crystal Palace will both go back to buffets. Crystal mm-hmm. Palace will not have the characters returning yet. So that's kind of interesting. Um, it is interesting. I also find it interesting because I don't know about you, but I've been hearing really, really good things about the food that people have been having at Crystal Palace as of yeah. late. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that wasn't really a thing when it was a buffet. Like you went to Crystal Palace for the characters, not for the food. It was kind of one of those situations, kind of like yeah. Chef Mickey's where right. it's like, I mean, there's food, but there's characters. Um, right. So it kind of baffles me that if they've been getting this positive response from the family style table service that they've been doing, why they would switch back. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of surprised about that one too. Like out of all Mm -hmm. the ones that could be changed back. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I think you're right. I think that one had some of the most positive response that it, the Mm -hmm. menu changed. So I don't know either. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the food is the same since people have loved it and they're just yes. going to be putting it on a buffet. And then yep. the last, the last, well, there's two more, I guess. No, three more. There was a lot of dining news. So Cinderella's Royal Table is reopening for breakfast. That is already bookable. Um, cool. So if you're looking for that, you can get it. Well, I don't know if you can get it, but you can, it is possible. 
You can try. It was tough. Um, even morning of, so the bookings opened up the morning of August 24th and I was not able to get it on the morning of August 24th for an October date. Um, so it booked really fast. Yeah. Um, so Cinderella's Royal table breakfast, the diamond horseshoe is reopening and it is going back to that same system they had before where lunch, it is an a la carte table service and then, um, breakfast, no, not breakfast. Oh my goodness. Dinner. (laughs) It is a family style meal. Very cool. That is coming back. And then the last one is that the nine dragons in China, in Epcot is reopening for select days as well. And I'm not sure anybody is, you know, real falling over themselves to get to nine dragons, but it will be an option again. Yeah. All right. So last bit of news that we have is we got some additional details about the new fireworks show coming to magic kingdom. RIP happily ever after. I don't know how I'm going to get over this one, but hopefully Disney Enchantment, which is the name of the new fireworks show, will be good enough to make me forget how much I loved happily ever after. But I don't know. It's going to have to be really good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, per the Disney Parks blog, in Disney Enchantment, we join dreamers like Tiana, Miguel, Rapunzel, and brothers Ian and Barley from Onward, and we set out on an incredible journey with adventures such as Moana, Raya, and Judy Hopps. Joe Gardner from Disney and Pixar's Soul takes us into The Zone, where we discover a whimsical world inspired by the style of legendary Disney artist Mary Blair. That'll Ooh. be cool. Yeah. And filled with beloved characters from classic stories like Beauty and the Beast and Alice in Wonderland to contemporary tales, including Luca and Wreck-It Ralph. So there's going to be a little bit of everything. Um, everything builds to a climactic moment as Tinkerbell takes like, thank goodness they're keeping that. <laughs> That's a staple. I think people would be riding in Main Street yeah. USA if Tinkerbell did not take flight. Um, spreading shimmering gold pixie dust and empowering us all to believe in ourselves and the magic all around us. So that sounds cool. One other thing I wanted to note about this is that we did find out there's going to be a new original song called You Are the Magic by seven-time Grammy winner Philip Lawrence. And I did a little bit of digging. Apparently, he's a big songwriter for Bruno Mars. Ooh. So he worked on, like, 24 Karat Magic. Yeah. So that's kind of the vibe we're going to get is what I'm reading into this. So that'll be interesting. So we shall Uh, see. I was really upset that Happily Ever After was ending. Mm -hmm. I will, I, when I saw this article and I read it and I read about the new show, I was actually, I felt pretty optimistic. I think I might really like this. So. I think I'm going to like it. I just think it's going to take some time. So I have similar feelings about Harmonious taking over for Illuminations, where I'm excited about the show. I think it's going to be amazing, but it has big shoes to fill. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get into what everybody wants to talk about. <laughs> yes. Um, Disney Genie. Yes. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Let's let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place. A very to good start. place to start. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, this is the new skip the line system at 
Disney. And I call it the skip the line system because every theme park has its own name for whatever this is. Um, but you know, long story short, whatever you're going to call it, this is the line, this is the system in order to abbreviate the lines in some way. Um, and so previous to this, it used to be at Walt Disney World. The system used to be called fast pass plus, um, previous to that, it was just called fast pass. And these were benefits that were included in your ticket. So, at, in the original FastPass system, you would take your physical ticket to the park with you and you would put it inside the FastPass machines and it would spit out the next available time that you could skip the line. And sometimes mm-hmm. it would be right then and sometimes it would be hours later. Yeah, and, then, and it told you before you put your ticket in. Like there's like a little digital clock above the machine that was like, your FastPass return time will start at da da da. So you knew before you put your ticket in. So you weren't like, well, darn, I have a dining reservation and now I've just gotten this thing. Um, Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And you could, you could get one at a time, but after, was it an hour? You could get another one. Sheesh. That's been forever ago. I I feel, I I feel like the rule, I feel like the rule was, so let's say you went to Splash Mountain. And it was 1 p.m. And it spit out your fast pass and it said you can come back at between 1.30 and 2.30. After 1.30, you right. could get another fast pass, even if you hadn't used the initial one yet. So it was whatever the start time of the fast pass that you got was, that's when you were able to get a second. Well, the, the reason why this is relevant is because there is some precedent at, at Disney parks for them saying you can only have one at a time, but you could actually pull, you could actually stack them a little bit because of that, that exception to the rule that if right. your fast pass was forever later, there was like an earlier time. I don't know if it was just in the fast pass system or if it was in max pass, which was the most recent iteration of this at Disneyland. That was that is much more fresh in my mind. And that I can tell you for sure, you would pull a fast pass and then max pass would tell you, you can make another one after that window starts or in the next, I can't remember if it was 60 or 90 minutes, but it was somewhere in there. So like you, if you waited okay. 60 to 90 minutes, you could make a second one, even if your fast pass window had not started yet. Okay. I, I just went to Google as you do when you don't remember things. <laughs> And I found some photos of old fast passes. Sure. And, and it does say at the bottom, another fast pass ticket will be available at or after and then a time. But on every single what I'm seeing, the time it's given is the return time of it's the fast pass. Time. I think there were some that were earlier if your fast pass happened to be really long away. Anyway. Right. So anyway, all of this is relevant because... As part of the system, Disney is saying you can only have one one pass at a time. But I'm wondering right. if they might make that same exception. So we'll see. Yeah. But um, so it's a new skip the line system. Started as Fast Pass, then Fast Pass Plus, then at Disneyland, it they added Max Pass 
to the FastPass system. And if you aren't familiar with the MaxPass, we're going to talk about it here for a minute because it is pretty relevant to this situation. So yes. MaxPass was an add-on. FastPass was still free at Disneyland, or not free, but it was included with your ticket. You could still go pull paper fast passes at Disneyland. But if you paid for MaxPass, you had the convenience of being able to make your fast passes from your mobile device. And um, it was just all kind of like right there instead of you having to physically go pull a fast pass. And that service was $15 per person per day. It included your photos for the day, which was a, a benefit that I really appreciated um, as a visitor yes. to Disneyland. Absolutely. Um, and so that was the max pass system then, but it was an overlay on top of the included fast pass system. So if you didn't want to pay for the MaxPass access on your mobile device, you did not have to, and you could okay. still get fast passes. Okay, so that's just sort of like a brief history of what the Skip the Line systems have been like at Disney Parks. So let's talk a little bit about this new system. So the first piece of it starts with Disney Genie, and I'll just take a minute and talk a little bit about Disney Genie. Disney Genie is going to be built inside the... My Disney Experience app in both Disneyland and Disney World. And Disney Genie will be a tool that you can use. It will be free or included. And you will be able to tell the Genie, I'm interested in princesses and Star Wars. Or I'm interested in foodie experiences and thrill rides. And mm -hmm. Disney Genie will help to create a day, like a plan for you, for your day. That will help you see some things that you're likely to enjoy, and um, it will also try to make your day more efficient by suggesting the best times to go see those things where you might have to wait the least amount of time. It will also have projected wait times, so if you want to say ride Dumbo, you can look and see what time of day Dumbo might have the lowest wait, and so you can start thinking about maybe you want to hit it there. Um, I have some questions about all of that, but I'm going to hold my questions till the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that is Disney Genie. Do you want to talk about Disney Genie Plus? Sure. Um, so Disney Genie Plus is essentially going to be what used to be FastPass Plus, except it's not included anymore. So you will be able to reserve a time to go to a specific ride and use what they are renaming as the lightning lane. And Rachel and I want to be incredibly <laughs> clear about this, that the lightning lane is a physical place. It is not yes. the name of an entity or service. If you've been to Disney before and you know that they have the standby queue and the fast pass plus queue, Think of the Fast Pass Plus queue, except they're just going to take down the sign that says Fast Pass Plus and replace it with a sign that says Lightning Lane. Yes. It is a physical place. Physical space. So, <laughs> Genie Plus will allow you to use that Lightning Lane and reserve a time through the My Disney Experience app, through the Genie portal that Rachel just talked about, to come back and ride that ride with little to no wait. It will include most, but not all, rides in the park. And it will be $15 per person per day at Walt Disney World. 
and $20 per person per day at Disneyland. There is, there are a couple of differences between what you get at each park. The biggest one for me that I'm actually a little disappointed about is that at Disneyland, it's still going to be like Max Pass where your photos are included. Yeah. At Disney World, your photos will not be included and you will still have to purchase Memory Maker separate and in addition to Genie Plus. Right. I wish photos were included at Walt Disney World. I was really, yeah. really, really hoping they were going to do that and they didn't, but it is what it is. It's part um, of why they made it cheaper though, I think. Right, right, for sure. But I mean... I mean, I guess it depends on how long your trip is, whether it's right. it more totally cost-effective to pay $5 and how many people you have, whether right. it's more cost-effective for $5 more per person per day or $169, I think it is, for Memory yeah. Maker. So right. it's probably, at the end of the day, it's probably six of one, half dozen of the other. I'm just bitter about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, I really wanted it included. Um, but, so... Uh, they have touted this thing at Disney World where they've talked about how Genie Plus is going to include, like, selfie filters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's just them being like, we need something additional to tout for this. Throw this thing in there. But nobody yeah. really cares about it. Like, it's just yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, so going off of the... Most rides are included, but not all rides. Rachel, do you want to talk about individual attraction selection? Yeah. So there will be a certain amount of rides at Disney World in each park that will not be available on Disney Genie Plus, which, remember, is just a service that allows you – it's a booking service that allows you to access the Lightning Lane. Those attractions will still have Lightning Lane, but you will need to purchase access to those those attractions, lightning lane, a la carte. So by themselves, uh, individually, uh, there are some good guesses as to what these are. Disney has been very clear that at the very least it will include Remy, Ratatouille Mm -hmm. when it opens, Rise of the Resistance and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But we haven't heard any other specifics besides those three. Mm -hmm. But we know they're going to be in every park. And so the way that I've been thinking about this is I've been thinking to myself, these are the former Tier 1 attractions. So if something was in Tier 1 before in a park, it's probably going to be in this as well. Um, You are going to be limited to two attraction selections per day. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have taken that two attraction selections per day to mean that there will be two in each park. I think it's possible that there'll be more. You're just going to have to pick. Uh, I don't know. I waffle back and forth. I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be two in each park personally. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know anything more than anybody else does. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, me but I, I don't know. I just, I think about, I think about a park like Epcot, right? Where you have the majority of the park is not attractions. Right. Like there's not that many attractions. So if you're already asking people to pay $15 per person per day, 
to come to Epcot and use Genie Plus to get Lightning Lane access, but then you're going to tell them that it's only good for half the rides in the park. I don't see that flying well. I just don't think that Disney's going to say half of these rides aren't accept, aren't accessible to you, even though you pay the $15 per person per day. Well, you can still um, wait. You can still wait in the line. Right. Right. I, I still don't see it happening. That's just yeah, me personally. I just wonder if it's their way. I mean, I think we're going to talk about this some more, but in order for this system to work, there are going to have to be less people accessing it. Yeah. Than, than there were before. And so I almost wonder if some of these things are safety measures that they're not safety, but like just preventative measures from mm-hmm. too many of these passes being used. And so if they make you pick and you can't get a lightning lane for every attraction, there will right. inherently be less of them. I don't know. We'll see. It, a lot of people are saying it's going to be two per park, so that it probably will be. I just Disney hasn't said that yet. They've just said right. that there will be some. Um, so I think there might be some parks where there will be more than two. Um, I could definitely but, see that being the case at Magic Kingdom, where the entire park is essentially attractions, because yeah. then you've if you've got four or five rides that are a la carte Lightning Lane. Um, you've still got more than 75% of the park at your disposal via your $15 per day. So yeah, I can see that definitely being the case, but yeah, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. (laughs) No, no one knows. I will say doesn't know yet. (laughs) Um, listening to the Disney dish this week, which is a great podcast. If no one has, if you have not checked it out, it is worth taking a listen. Um, they did count up how many like attractions were available for fast pass plus, and mm-hmm. it was like well over 60 attractions and sure. Disney's saying that over 40 attractions will be included in Disney genie plus. Hmm. Okay. That's so it was quite a, a Canyon. Now, a lot of things that were included in fast pass plus were things like firework access and That's shows true. that didn't need fast passes. And so, so like, could it shows be, that don't really exist anymore or haven't right, come back right. yet. So could it be that they're just like not going to be offering lightning lane for things that never needed skip the line access to begin with? It absolutely. Right. Could like who, but it also who, could be them pulling more of these things for individual attraction selections than we think. Right. It, it, it could be anything at the moment. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Literally, right. it could be any. They could come out tomorrow and be like, actually, one of the a la carte options is going to be Magic Carpets of Aladdin, and it's going to be go. $30 per person per ride. And we'd all be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything, truly. It really could. Um, but yeah, cool. So that's so those are the terms. Um, we talked a little bit about what's going to be different at Disneyland versus Disney World. Yeah. Um, so let's let's pop into we're going to do like the worst and then the best, right? So like, what do we think right. are some concerns, and what do we think could be the best possible outcomes of this? Sure. Sure. Um, I. I have such mixed feelings about this program as 
someone who visits the parks often. Yeah. Um, I think a really good thing about this program is going to be that if you are someone that does not visit the parks often and you are willing to pay for this service, it's going to be worth it for you. Yeah. Like far and away, especially considering that we haven't really gotten a lot of information yet about how this service is going to be offered to annual pass holders. Yeah. Um, or if it is going to be offered, I'm sure in some capacity, they're going to have to do something for their pass holders, but there's, there are some advantages to purchasing it. If you are a day guest or a week guest, especially if you are staying at a Disney resort, uh, you get earlier access, uh, especially to those a la carte options. You get that 7am access, whereas everyone else gets access when they enter the park, if you are staying at a Disney-owned resort. Um, so I think for the once-in-a-lifetime Disney guest, I think this is going to be better than Fast Pass because since it's not accessible to everyone, it will be a better system, if that and makes sense. Let's, let's also point out here, too, that... For FastPass Plus, you had to make those FastPass reservations 60 days in advance, which mm-hmm. pretty much locked you in on what you were doing every day on your trip. Yeah. This do on the morning you're going to go to the parks. So, mm-hmm. again, if you're that person who's taking their, you know, once a year, once every few years, once in a lifetime trip, you know, that's nice that you still have that flexibility and, sure. um, you know, you don't have to know a million years in advance, what your kids are going to want to do on Wednesday of your vacation. Right. 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 I also, this kind of goes hand in hand, but I I also appreciate the fact that now that there is not an advanced booking window for lightning lane, that hopefully the dining booking window will stay at 60 days instead of going back to 180 days. They did respond. Somebody asked that on like the parks blog or something. And Disney mm-hmm. did respond that they do plan to keep it at the 60 day window for the foreseeable future. Good. Cause who knows what they want to eat six months in advance. I know that was crazy. Now granted it's still two months in advance, which is still a lot, but six months in advance. Yeah, that was nuts. It was nuts. That was insane. Well, because, I mean, some people don't even know they want to go to Disney World six months in advance. A lot so of then, people. by the time you've booked your trip, your dining window is already open and a lot of stuff is gone. And right. if, unless you're a, like, Uber planner, like, like I am. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, it... Was it puts you at a disadvantage unless you planned your vacation like a year out. So that will be much better as well. So another hand in hand and advantage to making your lightning lane reservations day of is that that frees up that 60 day mark for your or making. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Anyway, I do. I'm I do. I'm there. <laughs> um, all right. Any, any other potential concerns? I mean, the cost, right? That's like, the right. I mean, that's the biggest one is just, especially with people that are used to free fast passes. Like if you've been going to Disney for years and you became accustomed to that, this is going to be an adjustment. If, yeah. if we're talking about first timers, I mean, you're not going to know any different because you never experienced the old system. Here's, here's the system now. Cool. Go with it. But if, if you became accustomed to 
three fast passes. And then all of a sudden Disney's going, uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. Now you have to pay for it. <laughs> um, that kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I would say the other reason why we're saying potential concerns is because we actually still don't have a lot of information about a lot of this. Um, yes. Disney is, is acknowledging in a lot of their public communications that people have a lot of questions that they're not really willing to answer right now. Mm-hmm. So we don't have all the answers, which is frustrating because, you know, we help people book their vacations and right. they have questions. They want to know what they need to plan for in terms of cost and budget. And right now we're having to right. say, you know, it, your guess is as good as mine. Right. Um, and you know, the biggest so, one, the biggest one right now is when is this starting? Because right, we don't even know when it starts. I know. I mean, they, Fall was what we were given. What, like, when is this going into effect? Fall. It's like, great. That could mean mid-September to late November. Like, that's a right. big range. So if, if you are traveling for the 50th or just before the 50th or in November and you want to add this to your trip, please be patient. <laughs> we will give yeah. you the information as soon as we have it. Uh, we want it just as badly, if not more so than <laughs> yeah. you do. Um, we wish, wish that <laughs> get it. Cause it's a genie, uh, the genie. We wish that we had the answers for you, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but we, we will get them to you as soon as we possibly can. Uh, I am, I am a little disappointed that we don't have a date. Uh, I really, yeah. Wish. I really wish that Disney would not make announcements about things until <laughs> they had every detail. Because so, they did the same thing with the dining plan when they just added that little nugget into a press release where they were like, we plan to bring back the dining plan and at a passes. later date. Yeah. Yes, an annual pass. They've been doing it a they lot just, lately. They keep, like throwing us nuggets with no details, but then yeah. putting out press releases about it. And then it... It's just frustrating. Like, a bit. Com- complete thoughts is what I need from you, Disney. <laughs> I need a complete. I need a complete plan. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I know. Uh, um. So here's. I've got some questions. I've got some questions. Um. Right. <laughs> so my first. My first thought. I'm going to go back to Disney Genie, which, if if you all recall earlier in this conversation, Disney Genie is just the planning tool that is included. Yes. Disney Genie neutral. <laughs> right. The, it gives you forecasted wait times and uh, maybe makes some suggestions about your itinerary. So here's my question: If everybody wants to ride Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And Disney Genie says that Peter Pan has the lowest wait time around two o'clock and everybody pulls that up at eight o'clock in the morning and they say, okay, I'm going to hit Peter Pan around two. Well now two is <laughs> no the heaviest time. time. Yep. You know what I mean? So I don't, I, yes. there must be, and I am sure that this is that my brain wrapping around this is just because I don't quite understand how this technology could work, but in, mm-hmm. but like, this is very similar to touring plans. You know, I mentioned Disney dish before right, touring right. plans is, is owned by Len Testa, who is on that podcast. Part of the way that touring plans is useful is because such a small portion of the Disney population or the, whoever is in the park for that day is mm-hmm. accessing touring plans. So right. 
it doesn't impact large, you know, migration patterns around the park. Right. Everybody right. having access to this data is going to change how it yes. works. So I'm just interested in how they're going to manage that. I'm sure they've thought of that. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up with I some mean, like unique thought here, but um, I get what you're saying though. Cause I had the same thought. I was like, but if they're telling literally everyone when the shortest wait time will be, it's suddenly going to become the longest wait time. Um, right. But I also, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to wrap your brain around because it is a little complex. So let's say on any given day in the parks, you're going to have people that their main priority is thrill rides or their main priority is Fantasyland or Tomorrowland. And they're going to tell Disney Genie what their main priority is. So regardless of when the lowest wait time is, I feel like the Disney Genie is going to prioritize for them first to last. So you're going to get staggered arrival times, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you hope, you hope that will happen, but I'm not even just talking about people using Disney genie, like the itineraries. I think there'll right. be a lot of people who choose not to use the itineraries because they're just showing up and right. they're just looking at those forecasted wait times. Yeah. It'll I be think interesting. The itineraries will be more intuitive than that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting to see like how, how they combat that. But I mean, you've also got to think about the fact that if at the beginning of the, because I know they've said before that if you tell Disney Genie you want to ride a ride, and as they're monitoring wait times throughout the day, they notice it is abnormally low, they will take a select number of people, not all of them, a select number of people that selected that as a must ride and ping them with yeah. an alert on their phone and say, hey, the wait time is low right now. So even if they told you at 8 a.m. the lowest wait time is 2 p.m., if everybody saw that and is waiting until 2 p.m., then at 10 a.m., it's going to be a 20-minute wait, and they're going to ping a certain number of people and say, hey, it's only a 20-minute wait. Come on down. And then those people aren't going to be waiting for 2 p.m. anymore. Right. Yeah. No, that could be it, too. Um, so that was one of my questions. My other question, and I don't, this is like a potential – I feel like this is all the things in one. It's a question, it's a potential concern, and it's a best-case scenario. So. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a lot. So I've I've used MaxPass, which is the most similar model we have for what yeah. just Disney Genie Plus will be like. Sure. I loved MaxPass. I thought it was great. In fact, we had so many fast passes going at once that my husband had to ask me to slow down because we were just <laughs> like racing from ride to ride and we weren't waiting in lines and we were never stopping. Like it was exhausting almost. We had to actually yeah. slow down and stop pulling fast passes because it was so much. So yeah. that was great. Right. Um, my concern. And, and so I guess that's my best case scenario, right? My best case right. scenario is that that's the way it works at Walt Disney world too. And that would be awesome. My concern is that Disneyland and Walt Disney world serve vastly different park goers. So Disneyland yes. is a locals park. It serves a lot of people that go once a year, twice a year, five times a year, like people who are regulars or regulars to an extent. Walt Disney yes. World is not that. It has those no. people too, 
But a lot of people that go there are there for a special vacation. Sure. And so people that may not have, there may have been less people willing to pay for MaxPass at Disneyland because they're regulars. They'll just hit up that thing next time. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a priority for them versus me. I go to Disneyland maybe once every two years, if that. And so it is worth for me to get those. So, because the thing about these systems is there's a beautiful space where not a lot of people have purchased this, this possibility. Mm -hmm. And so few people have purchased it that when you use it, it's extra valuable because there's not a lot of people in that space. Yeah. But if you have a lot of people buying this, now not only will the standby lines be longer because the cast members are going to be holding the queue for the lightning lane people, mm-hmm. but the lightning lane will also be long because there'll be a lot of people with this service in the lightning. Like there's a there's a beautiful middle space that I think Max Pass achieved, but I don't know right. if the conditions are the same at Walt Disney World to achieve that beautiful middle space. The other yes. thing Max Pass had that was key to that beautiful middle space was that you could still do it for free. It was just less convenient. Mm-hmm. And so that also took people away from being willing to pay into that system. Right. So I don't know. So I think like the jury's out, right? And when people sure. ask me what my opinion is on this, I think my my answer is always, I'm going to have to wait and see. Right, right. I'm not I'm, inherently opposed to paying $15 a day to access the lightning lane. I'm not even inherently opposed to saying the line for this is long. You know, I want to go on Rise of the Resistance guaranteed today. I'm willing to pay whatever it's going to be per person in my family to ride it this one time. I'm not right. opposed to that necessarily either. I kind of like the flexibility, to be honest. Yeah. My, my Versus Universal, by the way, which is you have to pay a crazy amount of money on top of your ticket price for every yes. single ride access, which maybe you yes. don't need. If everybody purchases this system, we all will make it worse. Yes. <laughs> so there's got to be like this. And I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's just a wait and see situation right now where, again, I go back to, I wish Disney would wait and release information when all of the parks. Yeah. are included. Um, but I mean, even if they were, I still think this is the type of system where until we experience it ourselves, there's a lot of question marks, right? Yeah. So I, I, I personally, hopefully this falls under fall quote unquote, I plan to purchase this for at least one of the days of the trip I have coming up in November, um, to experience it so that I can come back and tell my clients and all of you that are listening to the podcast, this was my experience with genie plus, um, so that I have firsthand experience with it because that's how we learn, right. Is by doing, not by just like following along on blogs and whatever we, we do it ourselves. Um, so, I, I, yep, I'm with you. There's a lot of big question marks of, okay, how is this going to work though? And I think Rachel, you touched on this earlier that there are a lot of things that we are thinking about that I am sure someone who gets paid a ton more money <laughs> yeah. than I could ever dream about. That's a big wig at Disney has all already thought about all of these things. Yeah. And, and it's all like, going to be okay. 
like access to the data that you would need to answer some of these questions. Right. They told so. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I don't know. I am, I'm going to live squarely in the camp of cautious optimism yeah. when it comes to Genie Plus and hope that it is going to be a good system. Yeah. And I also just think like the the standby lines were so much more pleasant without oh a skip goodness. the line system. And yes. I guess that you have to they have to offer a skip the line system. It's an industry standard. And right. also like there are some people that just like I have clients that are like this that they won't go to a theme park unless they have a skip the line pass and right. they don't really care how much it costs to pay for it. Absolutely. Yep. But I've had people tell me that as well. It's mm-hmm. part of the, it's part of the experience for them. Right. And so I get that Disney has to offer something like that. It would just be nice if we're able to get in that beautiful middle space where yes. you have the standby line that still moves for people that don't mind waiting in a 25 minute line or a 30 minute line. I'm one of those people. I don't mind. Agreed. As long as it moves. And I think we talked about this on our June trip is that your headspace is half the battle, right? So like if you're standing in a line and you're not moving, it's just infuriating. Right. Because you're like, I feel like I'm not making progress. Whereas if you're constantly moving, I would rather stand in an hour long line where I'm constantly moving and I feel like I'm getting somewhere as opposed to a 30 minute line where I'm standing still for the majority of it. And that's right. just me. <laughs> like I like yeah, sure. feeling like I'm making progress. Yeah. So, and that was the problem with those standby queues with yes. fast pass was that yes. you would stand forever because they were letting 10 fast pass people to every one standby person in. Cause that was the right. protocol. Right. Um, so hopefully it'll be a little bit better. Um, but again, cautious optimism, but we just don't know. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we will see. And we will also be back next week with whatever new news Disney decides to lay at our doorstep. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And hopefully we will be picking up with our moderate resorts in our resort series. And we'll be bringing it all to you next week. So in the meantime, uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. Bye.